This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hi, Liz. How you doing? I am doing great. Well, Allison, where are you? I can hear you, but you're not sitting next to me. Yes, I'm so at the Capitol today, just talking to them, meeting senators and representatives, and, and other visitors coming through the Capitol building today. It's a, it's a busy place, and there's a lot going on here. Well, and, we, uh, hopefully, y'all can hear me okay. Oh, we can. We can hear you just fine. Thanks. Well, we have got three calls waiting for you, so I'm going to go ahead and give you uh, Ray from Hattiesburg. Ray, thank you so much for calling and holding on. Uh, go ahead with your question for Allison. Thank you. I just bought a 2019 Mustang GT 5.0, of course. Um, drove it kind of slow, um, breaking it in, taking it easy. After I got about 5,000 miles on it, I took it to the track, got it up to about 156 miles an hour on three different occasions. The next day, I'm seeing droplets of oil in the coolant reservoir, and I was wondering if you had heard of anybody else having this problem. Um, I understand a couple of years ago, Mustangs had a problem with the oil coolers doing that, but it would dump a lot more oil than that. I was just wondering if this might be assembly lube or if it might be a problem or if you've heard about it. Wow. No, I haven't heard about that. I'm sorry having that problem. Proud of you for doing 156 at the track. That's awesome. That's my kind of thing. Yeah, it's not even supercharged yet. I put a little supercharge in it. Not yet, huh? I like that. I like that talk. (laughs) Um, No, it's it's not something I've, I've heard of. But what I would do is right away join a forum for the Mustang GT and put the question out there, the same thing that you're asking me, and you can get a lot of opinions from uh, people who have may have dealt with this already and be familiar with the, with, 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 the, with the problem that you're talking about with the oil cooler possibly leaking oil into the coolant system. Uh, Do you know which, of any links? That kind of sounds like it may be what's happening. What were you about to say? Do you know of any uh, forums or any links that uh, could help with the search? No, I don't know any. Uh, there's so many from so many different cars out there. But what I would do is Google and would put in there, type in literally Mustang Forum or GTR. I mean, GT. Okay. They put, they, I'm sorry, they put GTO on the prompter of shopping. I was like, must say GTO. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, okay. so that, that's what I do is Google, Google Mustang GT Forum. And there may be multiple ones that you might can join. And this will help you if you have any future problems, too, and learn things about your car. You, you It's hard to find anywhere else. So they're really awesome for that. Okay, thank you. Ray, thanks so much for calling in. Yeah, I I think uh, a lot of times if uh, someone has a peculiar problem with their car that maybe it hasn't had a recall for or, you know, maybe this is where recalls come from. Uh, Car Complaints is another place that Allison has recommended before, carcomplaints.com. But I've loved going to some of the forums for my vehicles 
to either get excited about a feature I might not know about or uh, learn a, a trouble and to be on the, the watch for it. Let's take another call and we'll go to Mike in Hattiesburg. Mike, thanks so much for calling in today. Uh, you have a, uh, Allison Mike has a question about his Chrysler Electronics that we uh, have a love-hate relationship with. <laughs> Don't we all? Um, I've got a 2015 Grand Caravan. It's a great truck, except every time I move, the the, the key fob opens the door somewhere. And you oh, said last week, I believe, that you had shut some of the switches off on yours, and I wondered how to do that. Well, this, this was mechanically done on the old 99 Grand Caravan. So I literally just manually... I hope um, And, you know, and honestly, I can't even remember exactly what I did. It's, uh, I may have just disconnected the electrical connector that kept, that went through the electronic uh, lock on there. That may have been what I've done, which would be as simple as disconnecting a connector. On a late model vehicle like yours, I'd have to wonder what systems are tied in with that. Um, but you may get away with being able to do that. And that with it being such a late model car like that, since it's still not real old, would maybe be a good thing to take it to the dealership and see if they could reflash the computer. Because that's just a run through the computer. The fix for my car was to replace the ECU, the computer. And I didn't want to do that, so I just disconnected it. I figured that might lead into some more problems. So um, that's what I recommend is maybe taking it to a dealership, which I don't always often recommend, but there's a, there's a time and a place to take it to the dealership, and this may be one of those. Uh, yeah, I, I feared that. I have one side door that always shows that it's open even when it's latched. It's like it's not seating correctly, and that must be an entirely different and, and literally mechanical problem, wouldn't you say? Well, no, it's that little sensor. It's running through your ECU. You may be having some ECU problems because um, they ground out through there. But with that being said, you might can just look at the switch itself and check it out and see if it's if it's loose, if it's a loose connection or something, which you know would be mechanical versus electrical problem. Okay. So it's definitely worth seeing if you can look at that switch and see what's going on. Okay, well, I appreciate it. I was hoping it'd be simpler, and life just doesn't go that way, does it? No, no. I think a lot of people that call want a quick answer, and sometimes it's just not. Cars are complicated. They're very intricately designed, so there's a lot that can go on with them. It's a lot to know. (laughs) It is. If they weren't so much fun, I'd probably walk. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate your help. Thank you. Good luck. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, uh, Mike. We appreciate you calling in. Let's take one more call before our break. Bridget has called in from Bay St. Louis. Bridget, thanks for being part of AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say I'm glad you found her. <laughs> Second of all, um, uh, I really uh, appreciate this, this, this program because uh, it, it's much, much needed. And... Um, you seem to be pretty uh, spot on about a lot of stuff. Oh, this that's right. Issue. <laughs> this, this is my issue. Um, I was pulling out of the doctor's office just a few minutes before you all went on air, and I, I put on the brakes, 
and there was a, a little bit of water, but it wasn't anything unusual, but there was just a little bit of water where the road meets the, the drive. Uh, no, no bump. It was a smooth. But when I stepped on the brake and I hit the water, I have a 2006 uh, Grand Cherokee, and I've got it's like 130,000 miles, and it runs like a top. I don't have any problems. But when I stepped on the brake, it shuddered and then stopped. Well, I put it in park, started right up, and I haven't had any problems since then. What might have caused that? They've got some air in, I mean, sorry, some water into the air somehow, and it went into your engine and called a, a little stall there, which you might want to check out just to make sure that you don't go through another water puddle and it shut it off and shuttered like that. Uh, check where your air filter is and where the air comes into it at and okay. see if anything is broken or looks like it's out of place. Check your air filter and see if it got wet. But that's the only thing I could think of that would shove water up in there when you went across the puddle, maybe. Maybe. I mean, because it was like once I hit the puddle, then it did that. But it really wasn't a thick, pu- a deep puddle. But with all the rain we've been having, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe check that out. Anyway, yeah, I appreciate it. Let's have a look at it. Yes. Thank you very much. You have a great week. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. We'll continue our discussion of bad habits, taking your phone calls. And, Allison, when we get back, let's get to some of those questions from our friends at the Capitol that have put in a little pink bucket for us to answer. Send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. Hey, we got a critter email for AutoCorrect. They've been talking about critters on uh, Creature Comforts and on Fix It 101. Also, is your car under recall? We'll have a list of ones that are in just a bit. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic who's at our state capitol building. I am Liz Gill in the studio. And if you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. We've got a whole passel of recalls this week. The 2018-2019 Mercedes AMG E-Class, S-Class, G-Class, and GT63. The 2000, I'm sorry, the 1998 through 2001 Audi A4, A6, A8, and TT. The 2019 and 2000 and 2020 Ram 2500 and 3500. 2006 to 2011 Hyundai Elantra and Elantra Touring. Ford 
44,000 different 2019-2020 Lexus and Toyota cars and SUVs, the 2019 Chevrolet Silverado 1500, GMC Sierra 1500s, and uh, 2016 Mazda CX-5, the 2020 BMW X7, the 2018-2020 Honda Odyssey, and the 2013 through 2018 Ford Flex Taurus and Lincoln MKT. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recalls, and putting in your VIN number. We've got lots to talk about. We've got uh, Courtney and Timothy on the line, but Allison is also at the state capitol where we met some of our representatives and senators and the staffers this morning. So, uh, Allison, what were some of the questions that they left for you to be answered? Uh, so we've got a good one here. It says, I'd like to ask Allison Walker, the lady on the an autocorrect question. I recently purchased a used car, a 2013 Hyundai Azera is what it looks like. They have some of the models out, and I don't know which one it is. The oil was black and looked like it needed changing. The dealership told me the oil is just darker. What color should the oil be? It uses Quaker State oil. I'm not real sure I can agree with the dealership on this. When it gets black, it's time to change it. That's kind of a, a given. What you want is it to be, when it starts getting older, it'll be a dark brown with a little bit of black in it. And that's when you're getting close to an oil change. So I think they're letting it go a little bit longer. Maybe they're wanting to not um, honor a, a promise that to do the oil up and everything that they do on their used car and miss that somehow. I'm not really sure. But I have to agree with this person. They didn't leave their name on here. <laughs> but that it, it is time to change the oil. I'm not a big fan of Quaker State oil. They're known to break down faster than regular oils. And that goes for Pennzoil. The Albies that come from Pennsylvania. That's, that's what this oils are, talk, are talking about. Okay. And so not a big fan of that, so I might want to change old brand. All right. But well, now let's take a call from uh, Courtney in Vicksburg. Courtney, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Uh, yes, ma'am. I want to ask a question. Um, I have a uh, 2005 Dodge Grand Caravan, and um, I'm, the power steering pump is gone out. It will, it's, it's using like a bottle of fluid every two or three days, so it's... Um, okay, you have a leak. The power steering pump hasn't actually gone out, or has it went ahead and went out? No, but it went out. As long as I keep fluid in it, it's fine. Right. So you have a major leak. Then. Um, is that pump going to change? And sometimes it's not the pump. It's probably one of the hoses. It's probably a power steering hose, or your rack and pinion is leaking itself. You need to have someone find that leak. Okay. It's not the power steering pump. Okay. okay. So as long as you're putting oil in it, I mean, putting fluid in it, 
and it's working the way it's supposed to, then it's not the power stream fault. You've just got a major leak that needs to be found and fixed. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Very Thank you, Courtney. We appreciate you calling in. Allison, have you got another question there from uh, the the Jackson New Capital? I think it's kind of funny. Our new capital is about 150 years old, but I guess you do people say new or they say the old capital and then I guess the capital. So what's another it question? It's old capital. It's, it's so pretty and it is, it is old. It's very old. And, and if anyone hasn't been here before, it is really, really nice. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to see for anybody that's in, in the area or in Mississippi. Well, here's a question that I have from someone that left it today. Is it a safe bet to replace your windshield via a service that comes to your house versus going to the dealership to save a few hundred bucks? Um, so we have an expert, good friend, Mike Harbin, that is a windshield repair tech and or, or, or glass repair tech. And he does it mobily, it, and he does a great job. That, and so some of the independent guys, I like using independent, just in general with stores in general, independently owned, locally owned. And I, I've never had a problem with using a mobile tech for windshield re- replacement um, when I've lived in other states. And, of course, I use my friend Mike Harvey here at Righteous Windshield for, uh, locally. So, yes, t- use, use a mobile service for that. You do not have to go to the dealership to replace the glass on your car. All right. Let's take uh, one last call before our break. We'll go to Timothy in Louisiana. Hi, Timothy. What you got for us today? Thanks for calling well, AutoCorrect. I got praise as usual. Y'all are just the best over there. Thanks. And I sure hope those congressmen uh, over there in, in Mississippi renew y'all, get y'all all renewed and everything. Our and, fingers uh, are crossed. <laughs> and I, I have a quick question about brakes. I have okay. a draggy, uh, I have a, a brake shoe that is dragging after I put on the brakes. It just drags a little bit. And then when I drive a little while, it, it backs off. I wonder what you think the problem is. This is a 2006 Scion XB. Scion XB 2006? Yeah, I used to have one of those. With 336,000 miles on it. I believe it. That was a great year. Um, so what I'm thinking is happening is maybe one of your calipers, pistons, in the piston in the caliper, rather, in the brake caliper, is, is getting stuck. So you may need a new caliper. You can actually rebuild those. It's pretty, fairly easy yeah. uh, All right. on the, the caliper. So I think that may be... The other thing that might be happening... Is you may have your brake hose, the braided brake line that is um, from the brake line, from the metal brake line to the tire, is clogged. And it's holding that piston in place. So the way to obviously to check to see whether it's the caliper or if it's that brake line is to take the brake loose and see if the caliper moves freely. So that's something you feel comfortable with. But it sounds like your piston calipers, for some reason, is being held in place and sticking, and then it's coming back loose. 
Thanks, thanks, uh, Timothy. We appreciate you. Our email address is where you can send questions, auto at mpbonline.org. We are taking your calls. We're taking questions from the Mississippi State Capitol. Uh, and it's also turning into a critter show. We're, uh, we're holding over from uh, Creature Comforts. We've got a couple of critter questions for you, Allison. And we, what's an unreliable car not to buy? We'll get to that in a bit. You're listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, she's our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. We rely on contributions to purchase our national programming and keep the lights on here. So thank you for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Consumer Reports has a list of vehicles that have a record of much worse than average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their auto annual survey. Today, we're going to caution you about the Volkswagen Passat 2002 and 2003 and also 2013 and 2014. It says that people have reported oil sludge resulting in engine fires. That does not sound good at all. So wow. please. And cons- what was the one for the Altima? Did it say a problem? Because they have this little deal with the DVT transmission, so I wonder if that's what they were talking about. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, okay. Please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests Consumer Reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. And if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. He's reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for 25 years. His review this week is on the 2020 Genesis G7 3.3T. We've been taking lots of phone calls, questions from the uh, Mississippi Capitol, where Allison is, but we've got our favorite windshield guy. Mike has called in. Mike, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, what What do you think about, um, we had a question on windshield replacement on a, a mobile person versus a dealer. Right, yeah, okay, so my opinion, on which, of course, I'm a, a mobile windshield guy, <laughs> I run a small business, so of course I'm going to push this way, but 
the points I was going to make is <laughs> even like when I started doing glass, they kept the they kept the new guys in the shop, and they would train them. And then once you got to where you, they felt comfortable letting you out, they would let you out on mobile service. So I've always said that <laughs> if you take your car to the shop, you're going to have the rookies working on it. If you call if you call and get it done mobile service, you're going to have a more experienced tech show up. And as far as taking it to the dealership, like if you take your Toyota to the Toyota place, normally, I don't think I know of any, uh, you know, car dealerships that actually have an in-house auto glass man. So basically you're going to be calling somebody like me. If you, like, if you take it to Toyota, Toyota's going to call somebody like me to come through. Ah, good point. Yeah, that's true. Right. So that's pretty much all the dealerships or the body shops or the... You know, any place that says replaces windshields, there's probably not a guy standing there that does it. Well, Mike, we appreciate you. Mike Harbin from the Righteous Windshield, and he was our guest on December 5th, 2019's AutoCorrect show. Thank you so much for calling in. We love it when folks call Thanks, in Mike. and uh, give us a little help. Thanks, Mike. All right. Allison, have you gotten any, uh, are there any more questions uh, from the Mississippi Capitol? Yes, let's see. We have a good one here. What's a good gas mileage for a car? Well, that's a good question um, because it's very relative. It's definitely dependent on are you driving a truck? Are you drive? What's good for a van? What's good for a four door vehicle? What's good for a two door vehicle? Um, so some of the higher gas mileage that we're seeing right now, let's say with a hybrid, is about fifty five miles per gallon. Average. Wow. Uh, mine gets about 40 miles per gallon. It's an older one, older hybrid. Um, but even some of the the first generation Prius has got as high as 50 miles per gallon. And so you're so relatively speaking, that's uh, the highest that we should be looking at. And then of course, electric vehicles have zero uh, or unlimited gas mileage on them. And then to, for your just your average. Looks say a four-cylinder Honda Accord, your average gas mileage is going to be around 30 miles per gallon, which is really good. Your average truck is about 15 miles per gallon. But, you know, I just got back from vacation and going to California with my cousin, and we drove her Hemi-powered Dodge truck out there and averaged 20 miles per gallon because the engine shut down four cylinders. It was went into eco mode when you were cruising down the highway. So oh. that's really good gas mileage for a very powerful truck. Her truck's very, very powerful. It's a really nice vehicle to drive out there. So the, that question is relative, and I and I hope I answered that well, but that is definitely dependent on what kind of car you're driving. Fantastic. All right, we've got another call on the line. Let's go to Ardell in Ridgeland. Ardell, thanks for being part of our show today. Uh, what's your question for Allison? Okay, hi, Allison. Um, hey, so I have a 2006 Toyota Tundra. It's not my primary mode of transportation. I use it as a truck and for a truck. But there's something that keeps pulling the juice out of my batteries, and I've had a history of this, and I do try to drive it once a week, but it, randomly I can go out there and all, and it won't crank, and I have to put the electric charger on the battery. I'm wondering what's causing that. Um, it's got a parasitic drain of some sort. So some wire is getting crossed there and causing it to stay on. Um, 
I have a parasitic drain on my van, so I just disconnect the battery between times that I drive it, just to give you a kind of a, a tip, something quick that you can do, so that you don't have to keep it on a charger. But with that being said, to find the parasitic drain, you can take a temperature reader and turn the key off on your car, and then go through and put put the temperature on each fuse under your hood in the fuse box and see which one has a higher temperature than the rest. And you know that system is the one with the problem. And you can kind of look around and see if you see anything. But with that being said, you want an automotive electrical uh, diagnostic to be done on this car. And you can take that to an independent mechanic or you can take it to an auto electric shop. And we have a, there's a couple of them in town. The one I use the most is Neely's in Richland. It's an auto electric place, and they've done me very well over the years. And I've used them for all kinds of stuff, so they're really, really great. And that's um, that's what you want you, to do is Neely? get it diagnosed for a parasitic drain. Did you say Neely, as in N E E L Y? N E E L Y. There's okay. actually two Neely's uh, automotive electric place, but I use the one in Richland. Um, okay. And they're separate business. They're separate businesses. And apparently there's a lot of Neelys that live in the area. Many businesses named Neely, so it's a little confusing. But but it is the auto, Neely's Auto Electric in Richland. Very okay. good place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Good luck with that. All right. Thank you, Ardell. Here at MPB, we have so many local shows, and it's uh, kind of funny. Yesterday on Fix It 101, that would have been February 12th, they had an exterminator talking about getting rid of critters. On Creature Comforts this morning, February 13th, they had someone uh, talking about critters. And, Allison, we've gotten two critter emails today. One is from Ruth. Ruth says, I'm not under trees, but squirrels... Uh, seem to be building nests in my car. What action can I take? You need to use some sort of repellent on there. Um, I, I hate to say it, but she I'm not real sure if she needs to try to, to kill them. I know at my house I have a problem with squirrels, and I've laid out sticky pads, but I never caught any. And then, then the problem stopped happening. And I'm, I'm not really sure whether it was squirrels or rats, but they got into my insulation and, and tore up some crackers in my car a couple of different times. But I never caught them, and they just quit eventually. I think when I put the sticky pads out, it scared them off. I'm not real sure. Um, but aside from that, you know, a repellent that you can put under the car, mothballs, something like that. I'm not real sure what all products there are out there to repel critters, but put that under your car and everywhere that you can. And maybe that will help keep them from getting up in there. That it is a very common problem. You definitely don't want them in there. Well, and it seems kind of funny to me. You have so many houses where uh, individuals who own a garage they store their stuff in the garage and the car is sitting outside and it's a you know fifty sixty thousand dollar car and you've probably got a couple hundred dollars worth of junk in the garage but the the yeah. car sits out so but you know not everybody has a garage so that would where the critter repellent might be good 
Right, right, exactly. We also got an email from John. I'm having trouble with something eating the wires that go to the spark plugs on my 2016 Ford Fusion. I've tried hot pepper powder and parking in different spots, but last night for the fifth time in the past three months, the wires were now gnawed down to the connectors. I've been able to redneck repair things so far, but it's really becoming a pain in the booty. Any suggestions? on how to prevent this from happening. I remember hearing about this on Car Talk a couple of times, but forgot what Click and Clack had to say. He tried uh, uh, hot pepper, but I guess are there commercially available critter be Well, I think you have to use like the same stuff you would in a house, like traps and everything. You're going to have to kill them to get them to stop. Um, the sticky pads up under the car is an option if you don't have an animal that can get under there. I have a cat, so I had to be wary of that. But you're going to have to kind of go to war <laughs> on them and, and get them out of there somehow or another. Uh, the regular old school traps that flip down on the on the animal. Uh, the actual uh, poison that you can put out. Uh, would try that. It sounds like he's going to have to take some measures that are a little bit harsher than than the pepper, since the pepper is not working, to see if he can eradicate the critters. If possible, maybe have an eradicator come in and get rid of them out of his area. So that, short of that, I'm not real sure what else he could do to keep them off of the wires on top of the car. They are made with the soy base, um, and they stopped doing that as far as I know. I need to check into that. But they made the wires insulation with soy-based product, and that's what causes them to eat car, some cars more than others and eat up the wires in them. That yummy soy base. <laughs> yes. We've been taking phone calls and reading emails. You can send us an email, auto at mpbonline.org. Hey, Allison is broadcasting from the State Capitol building today. She's got beautiful views of uh, marble and our lovely elected officials. But we're also going to talk about what's happened this week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Welcome back to AutoCorrect. Now, if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show on our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. What's been happening this week? Allison went California on us. Allison, tell us what you think about California gas prices. Oh, yeah, that was really fascinating. So they have really high prices out there in the middle of the desert where there was no one else around. Uh, the price was four eighty nine, I believe. And when I posted that on Facebook, it, it definitely blew up. I had a lot of people uh, saying how low the prices were where they were at. <laughs> uh, so it's a big difference. 
in the average, the price was about three fifty a gallon. So very, very high out there. I'm not really sure why it's, it's so unusually high out there. We had some people say it's, it's just a part of their system on how they tax their gases out there fully. And with that being said, the roads were not very good. Considering <laughs> if it if it was to pay for the roads, they might need to work on their system there. But uh, it's it's just part of California living, and it's worth it. It's beautiful and sunny, and the weather was fantastic. <laughs> but if you're going to drive, you're going to get you're going to pay for it with the gas. Yeah, as soon as you get into California, everywhere else the prices were the same as here in Mississippi area. So about about two dollars a gallon. Right. All right, right, well, let's take our last phone call today. Let's go to Nancy from Flowood. Nancy, what do you know about critters eating through wires? Well, let me tell you this. When you protect your home from critters, mice and so forth, getting into the, into the holes, you use steel wool. So you would use the same thing in your car if you're chewing through wires. Make sure you use enough tape so that you're not exposing the steel wool to a wire. Rodents can't eat through steel wool. I don't quite understand. Do you, you place the steel wool over something? I, I, I don't understand. The wire, around the wire. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Well, thank steel you. Steel wool around the wire to keep them from being able to gnaw into it. That's interesting. Right. Like an actual protective over the wire itself. Okay. Well, Nancy, thank you very much. We appreciate you giving us that tip. Allison, do you have one last question from the Capitol you'd like to answer? Yes. Yeah, we had a question. Is it possible to get a mildew smell out of a car if water has leaked in? Well, one thing I did to my car was I used to have it steam cleaned out, and so that's a possibility. Um, to get the smell out. Aside from that, changing your cabin filter. And with all that being said, it, if all else fails, you have to replace the carpet in the interior of the car, which is possible. It can be done, but but it that's a lot of to do, a lot of lot of work, and probably a little bit of a costly project. So. With that being said, it's not easy to get the mildew smell out, but something as simple as a steam clean, it cost me about $100 when I had it done, and the car was back to brand new when everything was all said and done, and it looked really, really good. So that may be an option to have it actually steam clean. I actually had the guy who does my carpets and rugs steam clean my car, and not like a mobile mechanic. I had it actually professionally steam cleaned, so that's an option for, for them. So hopefully they're listening and they... They've heard the, the answer to their question. Fantastic. Or they can find our podcast, Autocorrect, or listen on our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. We had another email. This one is from James and Brandon. A comment on the Chrysler car with the door locks that activate uh, when moving. A faulty key fob will cause the door locks to activate intermittently when moving. 
if the person has another key fob, try using it. Leave the suspect key fob at home and drive. If the problem persists, then it's not the key fob. However, if the problem goes away, then the key fob is the problem. I had the same problem and found that the contacts inside my key fob had become misaligned, causing them to be activated with any vibration movements of the fob. I opened them up and realigned the contacts, and the problem went away. Interesting. I wonder what vehicle that was, but that's that's uh, really helpful. I hope the, the people are still listening that had to call in about about the door locks. All right. Um, you know, we had originally uh, talked about having this be a uh, what not to do for your car. Uh, what, one of the things that you had suggested was uh, if you don't perform your maintenance, you're going to have some repair costs. Tell us a little bit about that, Allison. Something simple like not replacing your spark plug can cause you to have a pull plug problem. So, for instance, on the spark plug, if you don't do them on time, the gap gets wider on the spark plug, and it wears down as that as it's sparking and the metal erodes. And what you end up doing is it takes more power to push the voltage across the spark plug to get it to spark. And next thing you know, your coil plug is gone bad, which is a $90 part. A spark plug is a anywhere from a $3 to a $25 part, much cheaper to replace. So... Do your maintenance. Uh, that relates to all kinds of different things. Um, if you still have a car with a fuel filter that needs to be replaced regularly, then that's something you want to do because it makes your fuel pump work harder and you can end up having fuel pump problems. Now, a lot of cars these days don't have a fuel filter outside the tank. They're inside the tank and they're not replaceable. But if you do have one that's outside, like a lot of older cars, then you want to make sure you replace that because it'll, it'll cause the fuel pump to go bad. It has to work harder to move the cat. So that's a, some examples of not doing your maintenance of what should happen and, uh, when, you, when you don't do that. Fantastic. Another thing that uh, we often say on autocorrect, Allison, you are a big proponent of reminding people to read their owner's manual, that if you read your owner's manual, uh, you can save yourself a lot of headaches. What are some uh, good examples about that? One thing that I found in my owner's manual when I read it, which uh, is a gas mod, I think I thought it was really fascinating to find, is that if I move the racks on top of my van into a certain position, it would get better gas mileage and flow aerodynamically with the car and actually help the gas mileage out. So little things like that you can read about your car might actually help save you some money. And aside from needing to know where your spare tire is, if your car even has a spare tire, or some of them don't these days, uh, and how to locate that, that's a good help, especially if you're frantic on the side of the road. And even if you have an owner's manual in general, some cars, when you buy them used, don't come with the owner's manual. And if you don't have it, you can download one for free from any, any dealer and have that on your phone which will be very helpful in the event of an emergency if Allison, you just blew my mind. And on that note, we're going to wrap up today's autocorrect. Our call screener today was Java Chapman. Our board engineer was Michelle McAdoo. Jay White, thank you so much for engineering us from the state of Mississippi Capitol. And for Allison, who you can always follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as The Lady Auto Mechanic, 
I'm Liz Gill. Please join us each Thursday for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 